everybody. I'm Casey Forbes. And I'm Sarah Cuvion. And this is Let the Good Crumbs Roll. I did listen to an audiobook and realized that I don't like audiobooks. <laughs> um, it's called Mad Madam LaLaurie. Okay. And I had to turn it off because I like about fell asleep at my mm. desk at work. But what I heard was horrible. Yeah. Horrible. She She's our subject this week in her case. She is not a good person, for sure. Yeah. This is a little spoiler alert. She's yeah. kind of horrible. <laughs> and we didn't do it. There's not like an official documentary yes. we based this off. Sarah did her own research. Yeah. I actually, I, I went, I had a few sources. So like 64parishes.org, there's an article called Mistress of the Haunted House by Carolyn Morrow Long. I got the meat of the information from there because the author used like tangible sources. Like yeah. she went back and she researched. So if it wasn't like in a, an archived letter or a newspaper or something like a written account, mm-hmm. she didn't include that. Yeah. So I have some of the speculations of things, but I, for the meat of everything, I have the facts. Because the legend is in there a mansion in New yes. Orleans that. Yeah, it's that- not original. But I'll tell you why. Okay. Are you ready to dive into crazy town here? Oh, Lord. Go ahead. Our subject this week is Madame LaLaurie, the socialite serial killer of New Orleans. Now, this takes place back in New Orleans. So back when slavery was a thing back here. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background on her just because I want you to know where she's coming from to see where she ends up. All right. So her early life, she was born Marie Delphine McCarty in Spanish colonial Louisiana in March 19th, 1787. And she grew up on the family plantation surrounded by wealth and lots of family and even more slaves. When she was 13, she was involved in a scandal with a man named Ramon Angulo. Uh, He was a 35-year-old widower that had recently moved to New Orleans. They were married within six months of him coming to New Orleans. She was 13? Yes. Now, back then, I guess your parents didn't have to give your permission. I guess, but gross anyway. So they were married within six months of him coming to New Orleans, but that was a a big problem because uh, he didn't get permission from the King of Spain to get married like it was required of officials to marry a local woman. So the king got pissed. Well, so was he pissed that she mar- he, he married a 13-year-old or was he pissed that he married a girl who was a local woman that he didn't give permission to? Just because he didn't get permission, basically. What do you need permission for? That's I don't know. Insane. It's just a stupid rule. But so when King Carlos found out, he called Ramon back to Spain. Delphine went with him. Once they were there, they eventually, he, he was pardoned and he was given a new post in Louisiana. But on the way back to this new post, they the ship they were traveling on ran aground and Ramon died. What does so, ran aground mean? Like it ran ashore, like onto the ground, from the water to the ground. And it killed him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was Delphine driving? <laughs> like, did somebody miss? <laughs> Was someone like, that is so bizarre. Like, well, she did give, <laughs> I mean, I would hope not because she did give birth a few days later. <laughs> You like whoops, boink, right on the door. Sorry, honey, I had a contraction. (laughs) (laughs) He like fell over and died. So, um, (laughs) now I have that visual in my head. I did too. You like (laughs) shorty died. Okay, so she gave birth to their only child, a girl, um, and she nicknamed her on the ship. I mean, I would imagine once it hit the ground, (laughs) you imagine like giving birth on a ship in the 1700s. Like, I wonder if she was full term. Or did the impact from the ship hitting the ground, if that had anything to do with it? I mean... Was she throwing up from all the seasickness and it set her into labor? Sounds like a horrible way to... 
have a baby, though. So Delphine returns to New Orleans with her baby daughter. And in 1807, she marries a Frenchman named Jean Blanc, who she has four children with. He was a merchant, lawyer, a banker. He's like this big, like, wealthy dude. State legislator, political intriguer, but I don't know what that means. And he was a major slave trader. Thus far, her entire life has been, she's been surrounded by enslaved people. Back then and, and back there, you know, Louisiana is kind of famous for how horribly they treated slaves. In, in general, slavery is horrible. Yeah. But down here, it was even worse. Yeah. So this dude, Jean Blanc, he died in 1815. So she's not having the best of luck with men. He's He left Delphine to settle his massive debts and raise five young kids. But she turned out to be a very shrewd businesswoman. She took an inheritance from her father plus her own business dealings and put herself back on solid financial footing. So by the time she meets her next husband, Dr. Louis LaLaurie, she was very wealthy. Uh, So our story involves him, so I'm just going to give you a little background on him. Louis LaLaurie arrived in New Orleans from Bordeaux in February 1825. He was 22 and had just finished medical school. He seems to have been uh, specializing in orthopedics because he placed an ad in a local paper announcing that he would specialize in, quote, straightening crooked backs. And it's supposedly that's how the two met because Delphine reportedly had a daughter that had some sort of disability. I just picture like Quasimodo like answering the ad, you like, know? I wonder like, or you know how like Forrest Gump had like those little, oh, yeah, the, the braces, braces on his legs because he yeah. had a crooked back. Walking around looking like a question yeah. mark. Yeah. Question mark. Bless his heart. So by late 1826, the relationship between Delphine and Louis had progressed and Delphine became pregnant. Mm. So now keep in mind, they're not married at this point. Scandal. And I was a This woman just has no trouble with scandal, apparently. So their son was born in August of 1827, and records show they weren't married until five months months after the child was baptized. So it is believed that Delphine truly did care for Louis, but she was very smart because, and this is the only thing I give her credit for, before they got married, she made him sign what was basically like a prenup agreement. Mm -hmm. So Delphine specified that she would retain control over her personal property, real estate, and slaves. So altogether, it was worth about $67,000. And LaLaurie only had about $2,000 when they married. How much? So, I wonder how much that would be today. Well, I actually have that answer because I Googled oh, it. Oh, I bet that's a lot. $2.2 million Wow, is what that is today. Yeah. So they initially lived on a riverfront uh, plantation. But in 1831, she bought two corner lots at Royal and Governor Nichols, so French Quarter Town in New Orleans. Uh, even though they moved into this lavish new home, it could not help the strained relationship of Delphine and Louis. In fact, 1832, Delphine petitioned a court for a separation, testifying that LaLaurie's treatment had rendered their living together unsupportable, and that in the presence of many witnesses, he beat her and wounded her in the most outrageous and cruel manner. Wow. Yeah, so... She's claiming that he beat her. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much of that I believe. Yeah. Anywho. So he's authorized to live separately from them. He's like, that's fine, because he was spending all his time in Plaquemine Parish anyway, which is kind of weird because at that time, Plaquemine Parish was just is rural. So Mm -hmm. why would a doctor who's starting out who really needs to get business going Mm -hmm. spend his time in a rural area? So there was speculation that he may have had a mistress out there anyway. Or maybe he just wanted to get the hell away from Delphine. Who knows? She's clearly kind of crazy. Along with rumors of what's going on in the LaLaurie's marriage, news of Delphine's mistreatment of her slaves started to circulate, which 
I thought was, I don't know what you think, but I thought that was weird because what do you have to do at yeah. that time period for it for you to because you literally have the, a human being enslaved yeah you have them and like, you're like you're not treating them correctly yeah like, so just for, having them enslaved is not exactly. treating them so correctly for like your peers what to are your be standards? like your peers are like hey you're doing a really bad job of taking care of these slave people so and actually she was charged like three different times so from the 64 parishes article she had like uh she found sources from like letters and newspaper articles from back then a letter from 1828 uh was found to mention mentioned this stating finally justice descended on her home and after being assured of the truth of the denunciations for barbara's treatment of her slaves contrary to the law found them all still bloody i'm trying to like in my mind trying to figure out like what in what condition were they found to where it was caused to like charge her with something and basically wasn't she banned from being able to own slaves so like two more times there's proof like two more times that she's charged and then found not guilty or she just had to pay a fine to get out of it but one time so she was banned from having slaves but what she did was she sold them to her friends and family so on the down low after everything had died down she was able to sneak all the slaves back in so she was able to still retain all of her slaves. Just even like in talking about this and it's like we're we're just now this is something that happened in history and obviously we are so against it but it's like you talk, it's like we talk about them as if they're like like livestock. I know. And it's like how in the world who is, who said, "Hey, there is a, a is a, a man and a woman and a child who looks like me but they just have a little more melanin in their skin. Yeah. So I'm going to enslave them and make them be my slaves it, uh, completely against their will." Yeah. But I, it just anytime I talk about slavery, I'm like, "It's who horrendous. thought this was a good idea?" Horrendous. The thought of owning another person, I just can't fathom, but you're Right. They were treated just like livestock. Yeah. I, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Livestock were probably treated better than the slaves yeah. were. You know? Well, better than her slaves yeah. were treated for sure. So in 1833, Delphine chased a small enslaved girl with a whip until the girl fell out of the roof and fell off the roof and died. There's some reports that say the girl just fell off because she was running away. There are other reports saying the little girl intentionally jumped off because she oh. and the story goes that this little girl, she was 12. Her name was Leah. She was brushing Delphine's hair and she hit a snag to where it hurt Delphine made Delphine livid to where she was chasing her with a whip and basically off but that's really what started things because though she tried to hide the incident police found the body of Leah in a well and that's authorities find Lori and force the sale of her enslaved people like I was telling you so she wasn't arrested for murder or for no. covering up a uh, no which is weird because I do I know slave owners like killed their slaves you know so, but they weren't charged. I don't know. And that Probably was one thing not. I was, that was one thing I was not able to find out was, was this a common occurrence? Like for a yeah. slave owner to be charged with such a crime? Like what type of justice was yeah. given? I, honestly, at the time, probably none. But th- that's what makes her being charged three separate times all the more crazy because it wasn't, to my knowledge, it was not that common. So, wow. so on the morning of April 10th, 1834 is when all hell breaks loose. A fire broke out at the LaLaurie's home on Royal Street. According to articles from the newspapers back then, the fire started in the kitchen and engulfed the entire service wing. Volunteers that were trying to help put out the fire were actually concerned about the slaves. Astonishingly, that's this whole scenario is 
mind-boggling. Rescuers found a 70-year-old woman chained to the stove. And she would go on later to say that she was the one that intentionally set the fire because she could not fathom living in those conditions anymore. She was chained to her workstation. So she intentionally set the fire. This woman would rather burn alive than live anymore at the LaLaurie's house. Oh my If that God. gives you any indication. Okay, so apparently it was a well-known fact that the upper part of the building was used as like a prison for some poor slaves. One of the volunteers there asked the LaLaurie's permission to have the slaves rescued. And the lawyers, the LaLaurie's are like, nah, we're good. Mind your own business, basically. And so they basically told the volunteers that were trying to help put out this fire. They're like, F you. No way. Leave them, leave them up there. Oh, my gosh. The fire is getting really bad, and onlookers know that they have to do something. So orders are given to break down the doors of the service wing where they are greeted with a grotesque sight of slaves' bodies covered with scars, loaded with chains. And the rescuers discovered seven slaves, more or less horribly mutilated. Some were suspended by the neck with their limbs stretched and torn from one extremity to the other. Mm. Others had dislocated heads, legs torn by the chains, and bodies streaked with blood from head to foot. And they were all alive. Some were, yeah, some were alive, but then the ones that had died were left there to rot. Oh. So, yeah. And there was, uh, there was an older slave lady. And she was very weak. She had a deep wound on her head. Another woman was wearing an iron collar and chained with heavy irons by the feet. Another man had a large hole in his head and his body was covered from head to foot with scars and filled with worms. Mm. So that they were, there was just this prolonged torture, not just physical, but like mental as well. Like they're, they're strewn about like this whole room next to each other, seeing how horribly the others are doing, and then also seeing the dead bodies of people that they know, possibly family members, Right, you know? And Lord knows how long they were up there. Mm-hmm. Now, what I just read you was what we know as fact. But there are also other rumors, which is what caught our attention from the Ranker article. Allegedly, some women were chained up and their stomachs were cut open and wrapped, their intestines were wrapped around them as like a like a belt, basically. Another woman's rumored to have discovered her, um, she was discovered having her arms and legs missing. Another woman had her bones twisted and broken in order to fit her inside a tiny metal cage that was like meant for dogs. And at the time of the discovery, both of those women were still alive. The rescued slaves were brought to the mayor's office for food and drink and medical treatment. And there's a crowd growing outside the LaLaurie mansion waiting to see like what's arrested, like if they're arrested or not, like, They're just nosy rosies, you know, Mm -hmm. want to see what's going down. As the day goes on and law officers don't arrest the LaLauries, the crowd gets angrier and angrier. All of a sudden, Bastion, an enslaved coachman for the LaLauries, appears with a carriage and Madame LaLaurie gets in the carriage and they race off. Eventually, she and her husband flee to Mandeville. Meanwhile, the crowd in front of the mansion grows so unruly, they storm the house. The rioters smash furniture, wrecked floors, walls, china windows, everything. Basically, it's just a shell of a house after they're all done. Uh, the Lalories, along with their youngest son, are in Mandeville just long enough to get their affairs in order. And then they flee to uh, New York and eventually Paris. Back in New Orleans, an agent of the estate was dis- disposing of the ruined house and the slaves. The Royal Street Mansion 
was sold for less than like the original asking pr- like selling a uh, price of 33,000, which I mean makes sense cuz it was just practically burned down and destroyed. Yeah. So And who would want to live there with I all know. that just torture? I know. It doesn't have the best of luck there. 11 of the 30 enslaved men and women were they were owned by Delphine at the time of the fire including Bastion were sold. This leaves 19 people unaccounted for in the archival record. So at a time when slaves and property and record keeping was meticulous, it's unusual for there to be 19 missing people, which leads us to believe something really, really bad happened she didn't want us to know about. Like, I wonder if they died or... So, yeah. So, I mean, think about it. If she dumped poor little Leah, the slave Mm -hmm. girl, in a well, she's not going to write that in her record keeping. But like, like you said, they were treated like cattle so the records are well kept and the fact that those 19 was it 19 i said Mm -hmm. were missing is is leads us to believe something evil happened so my question too is is like are we not saying sure not sure but like this was madame lalori that was doing this to them it wasn't her husband too because he was not living at the house he just happened to be there that day, but because he doesn't didn't live there, and also there was I read something to where she would even beat her own daughters mm-hmm. for trying to feed the slaves. Well, th- my, that was my next question: like, how did she treat her children? Horribly. She, she was, was terrible just, to her children. She was children a terrible too. mother too. Yeah, she, I mean, to these kids are showing compassion to these enslaved people, and she's mm-hmm. beating them for it. So, wow. yeah. Ugh. I know it's horrible. I had in the audiobook that I listened to, they went on and on about how gorgeous Delphine was and she was just a gorgeous child and grew into this gorgeous woman and, and people just doted over her. Yeah. But she by just had of, this black soul. Yeah, by all accounts, she was a very pretty lady. She was very charming. I mean, she got three men to marry her. Ugh. One of them twenty two years old, so well, I didn't get to listen about, like, what happened to her. Like, there there wasn't, like... So they took off and, and fled to Paris. Yeah. So within a few years of arriving in Paris, uh, Louis LaLaurie is like, I can't live with you. So he left for Cuba and was never reunited with her or their son. And he died in Havana in 1863. So on December 7th, 1849, Delphine died in Paris after a long illness. It's rumored that she's buried in a cemetery in New Orleans, but because of the poor record keeping, we can't prove that it's actually her there and not like a member of the family. Beth Dutton, I hope she died of ass cancer. (laughs) Remember that? Yes. Die of ass. I hope Delphine died of ass cancer. Yeah. What a horrible woman. I hope it was a long, painful death. And she is burning. Yeah. Right now. But there was even rumors like she wanted to go back to New Orleans to sort out her uh, financial affairs. And her family's like, are you kidding? Like, you, you can't. After this horrible thing that happened, you're, you're going to prison if you go back. Like, you can never go back. She had no concept of what she did was wrong. Well, and it makes you wonder, too, like... We never get into the the psychological aspect of these are people that we know of. What about the people we don't know of? Know. Was it just like enslaved individuals or I was know. it other people? Were there just like people she deemed less than like, you know, like sex workers or, or the drunk at the local bar? I mean, to what extent... Did this woman's depravity go in Paris? Did she do that? Because she obviously had some sort of mental health disorder mm-hmm. and she took it out on these, on, on, uh, unfortunately at the time, very easy victims, mm-hmm. these slaves. But 
who did she, I mean, that didn't just stop and go away. Yeah. You know? There was something I read that said uh, her depravity, had she been born at a different time, would have found another outlet. But because she was born back then. Where she could get she, these, Yeah. Yeah. And get away and with slaves it. slaves were. Yeah. She could get away with it. Slaves were easy to come by. In New Orleans, evil like that it, just coming to the I world. Know. I don't know. I know it's scary. It is so scary. Oh Lord! But anyway, that is the story of Madame Malory. And where is the um? Where is the the house? It's in New Orleans, right? Yeah, it's on Royal Street. Is it one of those places where you can like go and visit? You can kind of is it yeah it's, tours? It doesn't uh, look the same as it did back then, but yeah, you can visit it. Is it like haunted? Do they think it's haunted? Or no? Well, I do remember reading something that said um, the person that lived there after it's it sat vacant for a long time, but the person that lived there after something bad happened to them. I think Nicholas Cage lived in it for a while, and that Who didn't would buy go that? well. <laughs> Nicholas Cage, apparently. Nicholas Cage, you're so weird. Why would you buy a house where slaves were tortured? No, I've wanted to go on ghost tours forever in new orleans and i just haven't and i think it would be so interesting but i don't know that i could visit something like that that's a whole other level of awful no Ugh. that's terrible yeah so that's, that's my story quite a downer but you know uh, thanks sarah <laughs> very dark bleak yeah. rainy day enjoy your week guys <laughs> y'all have fun with that one so next week we had talked about doing this case of was vengeance unholy matrimony. Oh yeah, we're gonna anything. we're gonna head back to documentary town this next episode. Well, this so. was I, I went on Hulu, mm-hmm. pulled up the episode because apparently it's a it's a it's an existing series, but yeah. like it's new for newlyweds. Well, whoever uploaded the video to Hulu. The first two episodes are the same episode, which is not Unholy Matrimony. So oh, I'm trying geez. to set it to record. Okay. that's what I, I don't have Hulu, so I, I had to record it on my... I think it recorded. Where did you... Oh, on your... Uh, yeah, I have DirecTV streaming. Whatever, okay. So okay. I was able to record it from there. I'll try and see, because I, I went on Hulu, and it's... Because the second episode was that episode... It was like being pushed out a window or something. Mm-hmm. It was like... But I'm like, this is not it. Nope. But... But I'll find it. I'll see but look, if we can't find it, we'll find something else that's equally oh God, as there's enough entertaining. M- murder to go around. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank y'all for joining us. Thanks, uh, everyone. We have homework we have to go assist with. At mm. least I do. So <laughs> we will see y'all next week. And uh, Sarah, anything you want to? Oh, let's try and remind everybody. Check out our Facebook. Yeah. Rate, review, and subscribe. Yes. Tell your friends. If you like the podcast, rate it and review it. It kind of helps us out. Uh, and you and Spotify now has a review uh, rate, th- a thing where you can go on and rate now. I don't Yay. know if you can do reviews, but you can definitely rate it. But yeah, that kind of helps us out. Um, when people go to search for podcasts, uh, yeah. to, to see ours if we have enough rates and reviews. So yeah, you- and we're on um Facebook and Instagram. So visit our pages and like them there. So. Yeah, and check out um lettegoodcreamsroll dot com. That's our website. So. All right, well, we'll see y'all next week. Bye.